0: Let's go there. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you about this night in here, eh? Oh, or fairy? Or oh, this happened yesterday. I couldn't get out if I wanted to. But, bam, nothing. <laughs>
1: Don't do this. Don't do this, brother. <laughs> let's go to
0: Kuta Lombok where a group of travelers sat on the beach under the stars and shared stories. I'm your host, J. Russell Mickelson, and this is my story. When I was 24, I met the girl I was gonna marry. I was living in Norway, and a friend of mine invited me to a small dinner party. And there I met Linnea. I made a few new friends that night, and we all started hanging out regularly as a group. Eventually, I made a move on Linnea, and she rejected me. So we stopped hanging out for a little bit And then one day we ran into each other downtown After both seeing movies at the same theater Ended up talking, she came back to my place And we stayed up talking until like 3 in the morning and, Talking? Yep, just talking <laughs> Yeah. We had one of those nights where you connect with someone so deeply That time seems to stop We talked about ourselves, our lives, our heartaches, our fears, hopes Linnea would later tell me that it felt like that day that I reached into her heart and pulled out a stone that had been stuck there. And uh, six months later, we fell in love. A year and a half after that, I asked her to marry me. She said no. Uh, And I think I waited another six months before I asked her again. It was Christmas Day. So I set up this whole Christmas dinner with us. I I hate cooking. I never cook and I really, or at least at the time, I hated it. and, And she knew that she always did the cooking for us. So I read up on recipes for like weeks in advance to find like the absolute best recipes and absolutely how to make like mussels and prawns and soups and It was all gourmet, high-end, fancy stuff. So I made like a four course meal for us and and she showed up on my doorstep that day in tears, just like bawling her eyes out. I was like, first of all, you're like an hour early. I'm I'm not ready. And what's wrong? She goes, my mom thinks we're gonna get married and you're gonna take me to USA and she's never gonna see me again. I'm only gonna speak English and forget Norway and Norwegian. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So, not proposing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the next month, I did propose again, without any fanfare or setup, and she said no again. I continued to bring it up, and eventually, she made it clear she's like, you can't. You have to. You can't ask me to marry you anymore. I just have to think about it. I don't know. So I dropped it. I completely dropped the subject. I didn't mention marriage. I didn't hint at marriage, and didn't bring it up again. Until one day in. I think it was February where we were uh, lying in our two beds together. So I had two twin beds that we just like shoved together. Neither of us could sleep and I was like, are you awake? She's like, yeah, are you awake? She goes, yeah. And uh, I said, what are you thinking about? She goes, I think I'm thinking I want to get married. And I was like, what? She goes, yeah. I'm like, really, really? Yeah, yeah, you wanna get married? Okay, okay, wait, stay right there. I (laughs) ran through the dark, found the ring, pulled it out. (laughs) She crawled over to my bed and sat up at the edge. I said, Linnea, will you marry me? She said, yes, and we were engaged. So, she was doing her residency. She was a doctor. As part of her residency, she's required to spend six months as a county doctor deep in rural Norway. A couple weeks later, she started her six months in the countryside and I had a job in the city. It was just like a two to four hour train ride to where she was gonna be so I was like look I don't want to live out in the middle of nowhere I'll have no job I'll have nothing there's no social life there I mean it was a village of I don't know 50 people so she left for the village and I stayed in the city once we were apart I realized how miserable I found Norway to be it was cold it was dark I wasn't making friends and what friends I did make were usually foreigners who would inevitably return to their home countries leaving me again without friends And the rest of my life wasn't so great either. I worked at a psychiatric hospital where patients regularly spit on me through forks and knives and bowls of food in my direction. I'd had roommates who stole from me. Roommates who'd use every dish in the house until there was a giant stinking pile of used dishes with half-eaten food rotting in his bedroom. The last straw was a landlord who assaulted me. That was enough. I told Linnea, as long as we're going to be apart for this six-month stretch, we might as well be far apart. My mom was a Spanish teacher, and as a sort of college graduation gift, she offered that if I got myself to a Spanish-speaking country any time in the next uh, five years or so, she'd pay for up to three months of housing and Spanish lessons while I was there. I'd graduated four years earlier. Now was the time to cash in. So I get to Spain and it is fantastic. It's warm, it's gorgeous. I quickly make friends with a group of my classmates. We go to the beach every morning. We go out every night. It's paradise. And there's one weekend, one night we went out and there's this Canadian girl who Uh was really, really cute. And she was really into me. and We kept dancing together and dancing together, and it was really nice. But I really wanted to kiss her. But she was short, and I'm tall. Anytime she would like press up against me, like I would have to bend down if we were gonna kiss, and I, I didn't do that. I couldn't do that. Yeah. But you had no, feelings, you had no feelings for this girl. You just short. had this. Urge oh, I had to kiss huge. Her. She was really attractive, and I was really that attracted was to her it. physically. Yeah, that's it. At the end of the night, as my friends and I are walking to our separate homes. She says to me, You know, my house is really far away. Can I just stay at yours? Oh and I was like, no, you can't. Right answer. <laughs> um, she's like, but it's really dangerous. I can't, I can't uh, walk home alone. And I was like, all right, I'll walk you home. So we get all the way to her place. It's like two miles or something. And, and she's like, so... And I was like, I, I can't go inside with you. And she said, why not? You have a girlfriend? I said, I have a fiancé. I return to Norway. There's like one month left in Linnea's residency. It's almost done. She's going to be a full-fledged doctor be able to come back to the city. And just three weeks before that would happen, I spent a weekend with her family at their cabin. And on the last day, I Got in this huge argument with her sister It was so big that Linnea and I Continued the argument like on the drive home Just yelling and yelling at each other And as we neared the train station where I'd be dropped off To go back to my apartment in the city And Linnea would drive back to our house in the backcountry Linnea said to me I don't even know you anymore I don't even know who this is I've never seen this side of you We ended the argument and we made up, and but the next day I called her just to, like, apologize more. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, are you okay? And check in with her. And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I was like, all right. Now at this point, since I'd come to realize that living in Norway was not working for me, we decided that. We would try moving to California, where I'm from, just for, like, six-month period just to test it out. So I said to her, look... We want to leave for San Francisco in like two months' time, so we we still don't have a priest, we still don't have a church, we still don't have a reception hall. Those are the three things. We just need to get those three major things, and then the rest we can plan from California. Everything else can be done online, internet, phones, and help, and family. But those things we have to do now. She didn't really say anything. So I said to her, You want to get married, right? Silent. I hold the phone upside down so that I'm talking into the speaker but the earpiece is like way down below my chin so I can't hear her anymore I said I I can't marry you if you don't want to marry me I I, I can't hear you right now so there's no use speaking I I, I I can't handle hearing you right now when you know what you want when you're ready let me know but I I can't marry someone who doesn't know they want to marry me. I can't do it. So, I'll be here whenever you're ready. I could hear her voice. I could hear her screaming and yelling. But because of the way I held the phone, it was distant and muffled like someone trying to talk underwater. I said, I'm going to hang up now. And I did. Uh, I think she called, like, three days later. Three days later, I got a phone call from her. And she just wanted to say hi and talk and see how I was. And three weeks later, her residency ended. She came back. She moved in with her parents, which was, like, a five- or ten-minute drive from my, my apartment. We sort of... We didn't really date, but we started having like arranged meetings where she would call me and be like, can I come over, are you free at this time, and we would just meet and talk. Talk about... (sighs) I don't don't even remember, but I do remember that the first time I saw her, I didn't move to touch her in any way, like I didn't want to initiate contact because I was always the one initiating our physical affection in all forms. I didn't want to do that. Like now, I feel like I'm the one initiating the marriage and she suddenly, she just said yes to say yes, I don't know. So I didn't want to initiate anything. I wanted to see her like want something, want me. After a couple planned meetings, we started seeing each other more regularly. We started to be friendly again. We started to be physical again and we decided to get back together. But we said the marriage has to wait. We're not ready to, plan a wedding yet. She said, I need more time to think about the wedding and think about getting married and think about that. I said, okay, well, can I have the ring? She's like, oh, what? I was like, well, we're not engaged, so you can't have the ring. So she gave it back. Now you'll remember that Linnea and I were planning to move to California when we had our big fight. After that fight, I bought myself a flight home and said to her, you know, I hope you want to come with me, here's my flight info so you can get a ticket on the same flight if you want. And she bought a ticket for France because she wanted to walk the St. James Trail, which is El Camino, which is like a- You want to Santiago? Yeah. It's a 780 kilometer, 480 mile walk across Northern Spain, beginning in Southern France. Christians do it as a pilgrimage. A lot of people just do it to like Find peace, find God, find spirit, find whatever. Linnea's flight left a couple days before mine. On our final night together, we talked and... She's like, look, I'm going to go do this. This is going to be good for me. I need to know what the right answer is for us. I need to know, should we be married or should we not? I'm going to figure this out. I was like, okay, that's great. Just promise me that whatever your decision is, whatever happens, whatever you come to at the end of this come to San Francisco and tell me there don't don't tell me on the phone you know don't call me you have to tell me to my face whatever whatever happens she's like yeah but to me and I mean for both of us it felt we felt very much together again by the time she left we we were acting like a couple again in every possible way Um, so it was a very, like, hopeful, happy goodbye. Like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna sort out my head, and we're gonna get married, and it's gonna be wonderful. And at first it was like that. We emailed every day, and it was great, and and every day she was a little bit happier, a little bit more sorted, a little bit clearer. And then two weeks in, I got this email. That Jason Mraz song had just come out, and we loved it. Yes, I'm yours, and we both loved that song. So she like wrote an email and and was like, I, I feel this. I feel amazing. Everything is has become clear, and she like wrote the lyrics to that song. Like I cannot wait. I'm yours. It was awesome. It It was the best. Cannot wait, I'm yours. About ten days later, the contact between us became sporadic. Instead of an email every day, it was every other day. Then I had to wait four days, then I received an email. And it was like three sentences long, and it was something like, I don't know that I-I-I-I wish I wasn't doing this, I just want to see you, this is really hard then I didn't hear from her again. We're going to travel now to France and Spain, and we're going to jump back a little bit in the story so we can follow Linnea's path along El Camino de Santiago from day one until the end. In the first days. There were a lot of like older couples and older people that were walking the trail that she walked with and talked to but they all walked too slow for her. She she kept moving along and then she met some younger people that were really cool to hang out with and had fun like walking with them for like a day or two but then she moved on and then uh, she kept running into this this uh, Danish boy and Danish and Norwegian are really similar languages and if you speak one you can easily understand the other. And like she would walk with him for a little bit and then she would walk alone for a little bit and then they kept like ending up at the same hostels. He was there because of some lover that had spurned him like six months earlier and he was trying to find himself and find his God and all this. They often walked together in the mornings. Then Linnea would speed up and walk alone in the afternoons so that she could pray Or sometimes cry because there's like so few people on this trail you can scream as loud as you want there's no one around to hear you as she and the Danish guy got to know each other better he started telling her about his like innermost secrets about how he was into sadomasochism which is a form of sex play s and can cover a variety of fetishes, stereotypically whips and bondage, but also includes pain as pleasure. Typically, this requires a great deal of trust between partners and open and free communication so that no one involved is actually harmed. After they talked about it for a while, he said to her, I know that you're a little bit into s and too. And he took her arm and he put both hands on her arm and then he twisted the skin in opposite directions. And it aroused her. So then when they would sleep in these hostels together, he would try to pick out beds next to her, or one night he said, this is a double bed, we could just share this bed. But she said, no, I can't do that. Then they came to the end of their journey. And it's an amazing walk into Santiago, because now when you just have a couple of days left, all the locals there know this, know about these walkers, and they're all excited to like cheer you on on your, pilgrimage and uh, kids will come up and ride their bicycles next to you and cheer you on and so you feel like you're finishing this amazing accomplishment and you really are I mean she spent I think four or five weeks walking this trail every day getting up at 6 a.m. 7 a.m. and walking all day until 4 p.m. 5 p.m. 6 p.m. so she makes it to Santiago and the trail takes you into St. James Cathedral and it is gorgeous inspiring it makes perfect sense that the trail ends here and then they have their last night together in this dorm. And he says, can you sleep? And she says, no. So he says, you want to go for a walk? She says, yeah. And they go walking, and they go sit out somewhere and look at the stars like we are now. <laughs> and uh, he says, do you miss him? She says, no. Huh. And then they smoked a cigarette together. And she doesn't smoke. And when they got up to go back he leaned into her and he put his forehead against hers and he said, do you want to kiss me? I don't know what happens next. I know... That next day she flies back to Norway. And a few days after that, she writes a letter. And she writes it on her computer, she attaches it to an email, and she sends it to me. First time I wrote this story, it ended here. A lot of time has passed since the original end, so if you'd like to know what has transpired between Linnea and me in the years since our engagement was broken... Have you, have you, you like been in contact with her since or do you know anything about her life? I do, I know too much about her life. Oh. I wish right. I knew much less. Why? Um, maybe six, four, maybe four to six weeks before I left for this trip around the world. She wrote me an email for the first time in over a year. Five years had passed since she'd sent me that first letter in an email attachment. And during those five years, we experienced a lot. About six months after the initial heartbreak, we started communicating again. We were friendly at first and even attempted a reconciliation, but it didn't work out. Eventually, I moved on, she moved on, and she started a long-distance relationship with the boy from Denmark. While I wrote a short story version of the story you just heard and published it on my website of creative nonfiction stories. When she discovered it, she was upset and asked me to take it down, so I did. One year later is when I got that next email from her it said what's your address that was the whole email what's your address i emailed back i said what's this about i said look you know we can just talk as adults right you know that we can just talk and if you need anything from me or want anything from me just let me know and please contact me we can talk about it but this is really weird (laughs) and she wrote me back she said I need to send you something. I wrote her back. I said, I don't know why you're being so cryptic. Like, you, really, you can just talk to me. And look, here's my address. Whatever you want to send me is fine, but I don't want to hear anything about that boy. If it's about that boy, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't need to know. But otherwise, please just talk to me. And uh, she wrote back. It's in the mail. <laughs> Before I tell you what was in the package she sent, I need to let you know about the infamous email attachment, the one she sent me after El Camino de Santiago. It said that she wasn't going to come to California because she needed to be alone. It detailed why she felt the relationship wasn't working anymore, why she was unhappy, and then, after all that, she wrote, You can write to me if you want. You can try to contact me if you want. Don't call me. I don't want to talk to you. But if you write to me, I'll, I'll read it. I may not respond. So during that time, I wrote her a lot of letters. Or for a while, I wrote her a lot of letters. Um, until she said, you have to stop writing me letters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they were all just trying to be supportive. I just, it was a lot of, I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know why this happened. I understand that you need to do this, and this is what's best for you, and I hope you know that I I love you, and uh, I I hope that you find what you're looking for. I hope you I uh, I wish there was something I could do, but I know that what you need is for me not to be involved. So four years later, while we were speaking on the phone about taking down the story from my website, she said, "You know, I reread those letters recently." And that's why I went to your website, and that's how I found out that you put up that story, that you wrote that story. And she said, those letters were amazing. Like, I I can't believe that you wrote that. She said that she could appreciate it in hindsight, which was nice. So fast forward back to when I'm receiving this package. It's been a year since that interaction, and we've had zero contact in between. So I open the envelope, And it's all those letters that I wrote to her. They were all handwritten letters. She made into a book. She just sent them back to me. And she had written me a letter saying... It was like a Dear John letter. It was like a letter you write when you're breaking up with someone. It was all the reasons why we can never be together again. All the reasons why we aren't good for each other. (laughs) She also wrote... If you still have the ring, I'll buy it from you for a reasonable Stop price. It. Of course, Ruth, always. Uh, nice. But that's not all, she added. I want to destroy it. I want to melt oh, it gosh. down. <laughs> So it can me. never be used again <laughs> So I thought Sorry. about what I should write back to her and I Don't. called uh, My my best friend. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I how? Wh- I, what this is recalling so many emotions that I thought I never had anymore and didn't and thought were so gone for me And do I do I tell her off like is that what I do in this situation? situations like yeah That might be satisfying for the moment, but really in the long run take the high road, you know? Mm-hmm. The next day, I emailed her back. I wrote two sentences, and it was the same sentence twice, once in English and once in Norwegian. I said, please don't ever contact me again. The first season of Yeah, Let's Go There will have 15 episodes. This was episode 14. You've been warned. Today we heard music by Birdmask for the fifth time. We haven't heard any other artist more than twice. The track this time was called Fire Dance. We also heard a bit of Malwarf's remix of Resolve by Seamless. And this beautiful jazz tune you're hearing now is called That Ain't Me by the talented Nicole Burke, who I had the pleasure of meeting in person last January in Indonesia. You can find, listen to, and download every episode of Yeah, Let's Go There on yeahletsgothere.com, where yeah is spelled Y-E-A-H. You can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. And while you're there, leave a review, Uh, please. And you can find me, J. Russell Mickelson, on Twitter at J.R. Mickelson. That's J-R-M-I-K-K-E-L-S-E-N and on Facebook as J. Russell Mickelson. That's Russell with two S's and two L's. Yeah, let's go there. I'm going there. You should come too.